Happy New Year, pod friends, pod pals. Um, welcome back to another episode of And How Did That Make You Feel? Uh, this is the podcast where I chat to people about their experiences in therapy to try and normalise the conversation a bit. Um, as hearing people talk about their experiences in therapy really helped me um, get up the courage to go to therapy myself. Um, and just at the very top of the pod, I want to remind you that um, I'll chat to anybody about their experiences in therapy. Um, everybody has something to share about that journey. Uh, so if you would like to chat to me, feel free to get in touch. You may have noticed the very festive makeover my theme tune has had. My brother very kindly surprised me with this in December, but unfortunately um, my Christmas episode had already gone out. But it's too good not to use, so I haven't lost my marbles. Um, it's just a really good theme tune. So thank you, brother of pod. Um, I hope you all made it through the festive period and new year period. Um, yeah, that kind of this kind of time can be difficult and tough for people at the best of times, and then you layer on top all the COVID heaviness, um, and it can all be a lot. But I hope you got. Um, some time to rest and recharge and um, able to enjoy yourself as much as possible. Um, I am still on my gratitude kick if you've listened to my episode about gratitude still enjoying that um, and that has really helped me over the last couple of weeks as I've been doing that. Um, so I'm kicking off the first episode of 2021 with a good one. I chatted to Josh before Christmas and he shared his journey of moving from thinking that mental ill health wasn't real um, to now um, get to the point where he is a mental health advocate. It's really interesting um, and he gives a lot of really good advice and tools about things that have helped him with his, um, with his journey to that. Um, I first came across Josh through his Instagram account which is underscore the elephant in the room underscore. It's definitely well worth a follow. He um creates some really good content um that's inspirational and informative. Um and yeah, definitely check that out. Josh um was in Ireland at the time I was speaking to him and he was doing some fundraising for Dorset Mind by doing some sweet some sea swims in the lead up to Christmas, which as I sit here by my fire, I imagine was blooming cold and very impressive so i made a wee donation on behalf of the pod for his endeavors but here we go chatting to josh all right so let's get stuck in um so i'm here with josh josh do you want to introduce yourself and tell us a bit, bit about yourself good morning yeah so um well, morning afternoon now isn't it yeah. <laughs> what is time um, yeah, time right. is meaningless <laughs> exactly yeah um, so yeah, so my name's Josh Parker, um, and I currently have a platform called Elephant in the Room. Um, it is all about discussing and addressing uh, mental health issues, but as well as that, it's sort of the stereotypes in life mm. and the pressures in society that we all face as we get older. Um, and I think for me, the idea that I sort of started with the concept is to try and help as many people as possible but most or predominantly younger people mm -hmm. um, and how when we go through I mean I just did something this morning with a poll about whether people knew about mental health when they were at school 
Uh, I mean, I'm 30 years of age and sort of my audience is you're looking at sort of 20 and above. And straight away, the answers were no. Yeah. Sort of 100% was no. Um, so, yeah, so that's so in terms of my background, yeah, I've only been doing this for, oh, God, a few months now. The idea came to me about four or five months during lockdown. Um, and I have had a sort of background working with mental health. I've worked in physical health. I've worked in the police force and emergency services. So I've seen sort of what mental health encompasses around with a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds. And yeah, it's just a process at the moment. It's it's going well. Um, I've managed to get myself involved. I live down in Dorset now. Um, and I've managed to get myself involved with Dorset Mind. Um, and obviously Mind, uh, one of the biggest mental health charities in the UK. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm making the sort of right steps of moving into schools, um, looking to sort of address the elephant in the room, so to speak. And that is the ultimate goal, really, is to help as many people in educational systems as possible going through that sort of transition in life and knowing that there are things in front of us that will hit us like a ton of bricks but it's just trying to sort of prepare or cushion that blow so to speak um i spoke to someone last night it it comes at us 100 miles an hour and it's if we can try and slow down that process so people can take it in rather than go oh my god what's happening Mm -hmm. and then it comes to a point where they go oh my god what's happening to me Mm -hmm. um so yeah so mental health awareness suicide prevention and addressing a lot of issues that people feel uncomfortable talking about and i think we're going to get there as a whole because mental health is universal Mm. so yeah so that's a bit about me um i'm looking forward to it it's a challenge and it's something that i enjoy doing and talking about Mm. and making the most of my life and sort of having a purpose and helping as many people as possible yeah that definitely comes across in your content that you're very you're very passionate about it um yes that's that's how i came across you was um following you on instagram and yeah enjoying enjoying the stuff the stuff that you post um uh yeah so we'll we'll get we'll get stuck in um so when when did you first um go to go to counseling or go to therapy so i went to therapy in 2019 it would have been at the end of february so my experience um and I spoke to someone recently about this, was extremely positive. Mm. Uh, I talked about it on a podcast recently. I had every sort of successful avenue, I think, that you could have whilst going to therapy. So my background was I worked in the police force and the emergency services, and I had a lot of stuff going on outside of work, but I hadn't talked about a lot of stuff that had happened in work. Mm. And it all came spilling out one day. Um, and... I was given a number by my line manager who was extremely, I'm extremely grateful for him and he was brilliant and he gave me this number for the employee assistance program. I don't know how it works in, in Northern Ireland, um, but we, we have this employee assistance program where you can call someone um, and what would happen is you'd either speak to them, you speak to them on the phone and they take some details from you. They ask you some basic questions about how you're feeling, why have you come to the service? And they then say to you, well, would you like to be, um, put forward for therapy or counselling in person or do you want over the phone and straight away for me it was it was in person Mm. Um, I remember going to a GP probably a few weeks before that where I decided to open up about what was going on and was signed off from work at the time and that was purely on the basis the GP said you just need to talk to somebody you don't need antidepressants you just need to talk to someone Mm -hmm. so I went to um, I, I spoke to this employee assistance program and within I'd probably say 
maybe less than 48 hours, I was given I was given a call by my to be counsellor. Um, and yeah, I think I had a session. I booked in a session probably a few days later. Mm. And then during that period, I would have had six sessions before I went to Thailand uh, and went on my sort of travels. And yeah, it was it was brilliant. I remember saying to someone the first session I had, you go in there and you you sit down and I've got this little old lady opposite me, really lovely, and straight away her question is, so why are you here today? Tell mm-hmm. me why you're here. And for me, it was, I think, for anyone who works in, because my specialist sort of skill in, in the emergency services was interviewing people. Mm-hmm. So it was interviewing sort of high-risk offenders. Mm. And so I was so used to asking questions, but no one really asked the questions yeah. to me. And... Um, and yeah, I remember that first sentence, I just, everything came spilling out. Like I just, I was bawling my eyes out. Um, and it's like I've said before to people, it's just that glass that's just filling up constantly. And all of a sudden it just overflows. Um, and I remember, yeah, that first session just absolutely bawling it out and sort of explaining the reasons why I was there. And then it was just a step-by-step process, which mm-hmm. obviously we'll talk about. But yeah, no, it was it was a, it was a, one of the best experiences I've ever had. Mm. Um, and as you're well aware with your audience, like it's it's life changing. It makes a yeah. massive difference. And was it was it an easy? Oh, it's my dog barking or coughing. <laughs> Shish. Um. So was it an easy decision to come to to make that step of phone? You know, making the phone call, starting the process. Well, I mean, it. Yeah, great question. It was something. I, I didn't believe in mental health for a long time. So when I when I worked in police force, because I was probably struggling, I really negated everything that was going on around me. So if someone said to me, whoever it was, a, a suspect, a victim, or just a witness or something, who would mention that they were suffering from mental health, I would just throw it and I'd put it under the rug. I'd just be like, oh, whatever. Um, and then I'd go on to the next job. And then you go to the next job. Um, and just over a period of time, it obviously built up but I didn't really I guess I guess my first experience when I was in the waiting room in the GP surgery I had my car keys on me and my ex-partner was with me at the time and my knee was shaking um and she grabbed the keys off me because she thought I was going to leg it mm-hmm. and truthfully that I had and in my mind I was thinking I could do that yeah. I could just leave right now um and then I think when it came down to it I had this was actually a big thing I remember going into my first therapy session had a shared calendar with my ex and she'd put in there just before I walked in good luck with today and I think that was a massive factor I've never actually really spoken about that but mm. that that really helped me that day um but yeah I guess great question because I don't I didn't really think too much of it yes it was scary mm-hmm. it it was something that 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 is scary for a lot of people mm-hmm. because you are going to open up a lot of emotions and a lot of stuff is going to come out that's, that's how it works um, if you if you want to and and yeah I think as soon as I sat down in that on that sofa and I assumed to answer that first question I didn't I felt I felt comfortable even though I was uncomfortable at the time um, but again someone there to listen really someone from an outside perspective someone who doesn't know you um, and that's why now I'm doing my counseling course and I want to progress and get a diploma and obviously add that to a business profile when I'm a, when I'm slightly older mm-hmm. um, because it was such a good avenue for me that I want to try and give back the same sort of 
I guess, same sort of support that I had when I was going through it. Yeah. And so you mentioned there that you, you didn't believe that mental health, you know, was a thing. Um, and was that, you know, was that your kind of preconceived ideas about therapy as well? Like, did you think it was a bit mumbo jumbo or...? <laughs> Yeah, do you know, I didn't, I mean, you see it on the, in the films and mm-hmm. you see it on TV with that person lying on the couch and the psychologist or psychiatrist above them and having a chat away and stuff. And I guess that's your stereotypical view of what therapy is to a lot of people, because that's what it can be portrayed in the movies. Or if you look at marriage counselling, when people sit on the sofa and you've mm. got that counsellor in front of them. Um, I guess I didn't really think about it as just a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess that that's really the big thing is just trying to sort of get that message out there. Like it's like you and I having a conversation right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my best friend and I, um, we're we're able to have great. I mean, we we normally before we have a workout together during the summer, we'd have a good catch up before, and we sit down, we warm up, and we stretch, and we just have a chat. And usually there'd be some stuff that comes out about how we're feeling or what's going on, mm-hmm. and and then we do the workout stuff. But just being able to have that conversation it's just trying to it's trying to sort of suggest to people that therapy is a conversation we need to break the stigma that it's something or a taboo subject that doesn't want to be talked about and that more people need to be given the opportunity to have it um and obviously we've got this issue with the health service and i'm not sure obviously obviously given covid it's difficult but Mm. there's so many people that would benefit from it and if we can try and get that, I mean, I was thinking about this recently. It's in terms of the UK coming out of it, counselling or therapists or counsellors. The government should really should start start to look at those people and think, right, how can we utilise these people in a job that's going to be required for so many people coming out of this, mm-hmm. and how can we use that to benefit the the health system, um, the job schemes, the government systems that are in place. So yeah, it's. Um, I think to answer your question, because I've gone a bit of a ramble, it's mental health. I think I, I'm sure I understood it in some ways because I was constantly writing about it in reports and stuff. Mm. But I just didn't want to believe that I was suffering. Yeah. So that was probably the biggest part of it. I, I refused to believe that I was the one suffering the most. I was going to so many different jobs and helping so many people, but I wasn't helping myself. Yeah. Um, and something that someone said to me a long time ago was that if you can't love yourself how are you supposed to love someone else mm-hmm. um and, and that stuck with me um, yeah and that's sort of been something that i've stood by ever since mm-hmm. and i imagine no, i suppose i'm making a generalization here but were you concerned about how you know if your colleagues found out that you were seeing a therapist or you know i imagine in that kind of workplace that yeah. might that may that might be another layer on top of on top of it there's so many I think there's so many so many things that people the problem is there would be as soon as you mention the word therapy in your head or my head or anyone else's head there are so many concerns about your ego in terms of what are people going to think of me yeah um and that was my that was my issue my issue was what did that person think of me what did this person think of me what did they think of me and I'd go to every single job or any any situation even outside of work when I was struggling Mm. and my yeah, my, I'd be thinking about what people thought of me when actually everyone else has their own stuff going on. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in terms of therapy with, within the, the police force, it's definitely something that I think as soon as someone as soon as someone knew that someone was going through something or there was something going on outside of work or inside of work, 
you'd get all the rumours mm. around around sort of the, the station. Um, and uh, do you know what? It didn't last too long. I didn't really think about it too much because I knew that I'd been signed off for quite a while. And actually, I had a bit of a rebellious child phase that even my therapist um, spoke to me about. Um, I kind of went off the rails with it. And I decided to be like, I resented my job. I resented what mm. I'd gone through because it had put me in such a low place. Mm-hmm. Only for a short period of time. And then I started to have gratitude and learn about how I'd learned so many skills and what I'd developed mm. as a person and my career. But yeah, I, I guess... I went back to work for a couple of days and I knew straight away that it was just the wrong decision. Like I was never, ever going to cope. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I went back to work after I'd got back from Thailand and I'd been signed off for about four or five months, I I think I had a bit of a bravado, like I didn't care, a bit of an attitude that I just sort of wanted to just get on with stuff, make the most of life. Um, of course I cared. I think everyone does care at some stage about what people think of them, but over time it's just it's got smaller and smaller mm. uh, and I've met some amazing people that have taught me otherwise and and yeah it's um it's something that I hope a lot of workplaces moving forward especially with COVID have the acceptance of advocacy in the workplace for mental health mm-hmm. and that it's as simple as just having a conversation with your boss or a colleague at work mm, yeah I mean definitely with COVID and like you were saying about we hope that the government will maybe put two and two together and be like well the whole country has just lived through a pandemic we don't know what the long-term trauma effect will be on a lot of people and will they will they maybe you know um take mental health provision a bit more seriously we can we can kind of hope but yeah we just don't know what effect good old covid is gonna is gonna (laughs) leave with us even after vaccines and those kind of things um come in um but I uh, sorry you mentioned there that you that like you went you kind of traveled a bit um I, you know was that a good kind of process for you kind of mental health wise um was that beneficial for you yeah i would always if anyone asks me in terms of my i guess is there a blueprint to how i recovered mm. and i guess mine consisted of having a couple of best friends that you could rely on that you share core values with a support system with your family that are going to be there for you during the tough times the willingness to go and speak to someone physical activity for me was massive and Mm -hmm. then and then combining that with world travel i guess that for me is what i'm trying to explain to some people is that when you move out of your comfort zone Mm. and you take risks and you do things that you've always wanted to do, but you've allowed sort of, well, not allowed, but life pressures have caught up with you and, and prevented you from doing that. When you break free of that and you have some time, like COVID did for a lot of people, we had time to utilize what we wanted to do and get outdoors. Um, travel for me was the best experience. I've been very fortunate to pre-lockdown and what happened. I've, I've been away four times. I've been away to the Philippines, Thailand, um, Spain and Bali mm-hmm. and I made the most of that year for example and, and now even here in Ireland um, I still get to see like such an amazing landscape like mm-hmm. I'm down by the Copper Coast in Waterford and mm-hmm. it's just so beautiful around here and as soon as you take yourself away from what's going on and you can put yourself in a position where you can see how small you are in a world that's so large it really does resonate and it, and, and it takes your mind away from so many things that are going on 
So I, I always have said to people, and I try and advocate it when I was working as a manager in the gym recently, I was chatting to some of the young girls who worked there and, and they didn't really have many ambitions in what they wanted to do. And then they talked about travel and I said, well, I, I would highly recommend it. It's You learn from a different culture. Mm. You realise that there are people and different countries that do things differently and they have different different sort of opinions of how the world works and you meet so many people from so many different backgrounds. Um, there's nothing quite like it. I think I said this recently to in another podcast. I said, I wonder how many people who were suffering with mental health issues, if they had the chance to go abroad, how what would happen? How would that change their perspective? How mm. would they feel? Would they be completely terrified of the prospect of having to sort of engage with other people? Mm. Or would it actually bring them out of their comfort zone? It's just something that I was dwelling on recently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so for me, travel, yeah, it's up there. Yeah, it's definitely something I would advocate for people who can do it and have the ability to go do it. Mm-hmm. And I know as well from following you on Instagram that yeah, physical health is is a big part of your kind of coping strategies. Um, I I'm a big fan of hot yoga. That's my <laughs> uh, that uh, it's like therapy and hot yoga are my two. Like I'm quite evangelical about them. Everybody should try it. Um, but yeah, so for me, I find um especially if I maybe go to yoga after I've been to therapy, that a lot of stuff I'll like, like when soon as my brain can connect with my body and my breathing and it's all connected, you know, then pennies will start to drop and, you know, I'll just uh, stuff that we've talked about in therapy, you know, I'll be like, Oh, right. I've made that connection or, Oh, that makes much more sense. Um, so for, you know, for you and your physical health, how does that kind of tie in with your mental health? I I said this um, on a post. I just finished a run, and I'd explained how mental, how sorry, how physical activity benefits my mental health. So, mm. what I try to explain to someone or to, to others is that with physical activity, usually we're we're taking one step forward to achieve a goal. We're moving in certain directions to achieve that goal. What it does, though, as soon as I complete any form of exercise. I'm allow it allows me to take a step back and it actually gives me a clear perspective of what's going on that day mm. it makes me feel calmer so by moving forward in physical activity I'm able to take a step back mentally and slow stuff down and process yes. things and, and it's yeah. funny you talk about hot yoga so I I went and boxed out in Thailand I did my Thai for mm. two months and then when I came back from Thailand it wasn't the same it wasn't the same as training in those conditions so I decided to take up hot yoga mm-hmm. um when I was still working in the police force and I practiced for probably I think it was nearly 10 months at a studio and I met some amazing people I got along really well with the teachers and it gave me something that was again it was consistency yeah um, it was a routine and I love to sweat to be honest it's the best thing ever so and and actually it improved my mobility and my flexibility mm-hmm. and I felt great I didn't feel injured as much um, and it just calmed me and mm-hmm. over time I started to develop and learn about breathing techniques because at the beginning of yoga jesus christ like if i was lying at the end of like shavasana and you're yeah. lying there and you and you're trying to sort of zone out i couldn't do it I, mm-hmm. could, I was just thinking about what was going on that day um and over time it, it developed and yeah so hot yoga for me was definitely mm-hmm. something that taught me a hell of a lot um but yeah i i'm always going to be an advocate of, of physical activity it's the most underutilized antidepressant in my opinion mm-hmm. um and I'm going to be working with Dorset Mind in terms of January. We have a thing called um, Move for Mind. So it's 30 minutes of exercise per day for 31 days. 
Um, so I'm, I'm excited about getting that involved with obviously the local community and the fitness hubs mm. around Dorset as well. So yeah, for me, spreading that message and getting those endorphins going, mm, yeah, and feeling better about yourself and and obviously now it's being able to be in a fitness related community because community gyms are massive and, and it's and what it does is it's different don't get me wrong i can understand it can be very anxiety so it can be a burden sorry for someone who's feeling anxious to go there but there are a lot of people that are like-minded and care mm-hmm. and they share the same values and it does make yes a difference. yeah definitely the community system especially at the minute whenever so many of established kind of communities aren't able to happen so like, for me, I'm involved. I'm involved in a lot of musical things, which obviously yeah. haven't been able to to take place. And I really miss that community of seeing the same group of people every, you know, the same day every week, and having those connections and people yeah. being interested in me and me being interested in them. Um. Yeah. So yeah, the kind of my little community at at, at Hot Yoga has has been good, yeah. and the community for the podcast as well has um has kind of been a different you know we've, we're all fighting different ways of making connections with people and forming communities at the minute with with, with good old good old zoom um yeah. but yeah the the importance of of physical health and your mental yeah. health even just getting outside fresh yeah. air having a walk for 10 15 minutes just clearing your mind um can be you know can have such a big impact and as well the consistency of trying to okay i'm going to do that every day give my day a bit of a shape and a structure um yeah you know especially if you're working from home um, and that's the important thing it's, it's saying that and this is the big thing i want to stress because as much as i love moving and performing um all sorts of movements or different workouts or sports or whatever it's not saying to people that you have to be super fit or mm-hmm. super healthy or super active to do it it's just like like you said a 10 minute walk mm-hmm. getting out in the fresh air even just sitting on a park bench going for a walk and then maybe engaging socially with someone Mm. as they walk past it makes such a difference to your day Mm -hmm. um and that's what we're trying especially with sort of the charity that i work for we're trying to get that message across that there's so many different forms of exercise you don't need to be in a gym to do it yeah obviously now it's winter it's difficult but and just seeing nature like i said if you can walk along the copper coast where i am right now like it's just incredible Mm. and you'll feel a hell of a lot better Mm -hmm. well if you think that's a nice coast you should see some of the ones we have in the north yeah. <laughs> uh, so just it's thinking, uh, <laughs> thinking back to um, so your your so how many sessions did you have with your therapist? So I had I had six sessions. Yeah. Um, now the the one thing that and actually probably something that's worth talking about is the process afterwards and what I realised. So I had six sessions that were paid for mm-hmm. um, by my obviously by the employer. Mm-hmm. And the one thing that I really struggled to grasp, and I and this, and it is a big part of resentment, I think that was down deep, sort of rooted towards the police when I came back, is that when I came back from my travels and I started the job again, I said to them, "Look, I if can I can I obviously apply for another six sessions, a new financial year? Mm-hmm. I think it'd be beneficial for me." moving forward and it's not that i don't want to pay therapy but if the if it's there and i can yeah. use 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 that system i'm going to um and i remember coming back into work and i spoke to a line manager who then spoke to someone higher up and they said we don't deem that your circumstances are um sort of 
I think it wasn't a sort of high risk situation mm. or it was a situation that didn't the circumstances weren't as important and that I would be fine and that's mm. something that really I, I really struggled to grasp because at the end of the day there are certain things that I haven't spoken about mm. and and a lot of people won't and that takes time and I felt a massive resentment going back into a job that was so high risk to then just go now nah, you'll be fine we'll put you back in like a cog in the machine and you'll just keep going yeah and that's when I kind of just realized that, that there was a bigger sort of purpose for me in life and that this wasn't the role that I was going to be in for long um and yeah so I only had six sessions would will will I go back to therapy will I speak to someone I would like to think that I would obviously looking down the route of becoming a counsellor you're going to need someone to sponsor you you're going to need someone there um and I think it's just I think it is just a healthy avenue to take um I'm very lucky that I've got some great friends who like to communicate and a partner that likes to communicate Mm. But at the end of the day, as we know, there are things that might need to be discussed in other levels that you're not as comfortable with. So, um, so yeah, I, my, my counsellor was fantastic. Um, every session, I benefited from it greatly. Mm. And what I say to people is, if I can try and sum up how therapy works, is, is that session one, you start crying and bawling your eyes out. And by session six for me, I'd start off the sentence at the beginning of the session or a question and then I'd answer my own question by talking throughout that session at the last minute. And then your therapist or counsellor would look at you and she'd smile with a big smile on the face. And and that was it. And I remember coming away from that session feeling great. Yeah. Yeah. The answers are all inside of us. <laughs> and a good, a good therapist or counsellor will reflect back what you're mm. what you're saying to help you see, oh, right, okay, yes, I do. Yeah, as you're saying, I do know the answers to these questions. Just mm. need somebody to help me untangle it all. And then, yeah. and then, um, yeah, you can find that you have the answers. So something that I'm always kind of interested in, because I think a lot of people will have fears or concerns or another barrier for people that maybe puts them off accessing counselling is really very practical thing of, well, what if, you know, what if I can't find the office? What if the office is, I'm really uncomfortable and what if I don't click with the with the therapist? So what was your kind of set? What was the kind of room set up like? So, yeah, so the the counselling sessions I had, they were at the person's home, mm. um, which, yeah, I guess if you think about it, definitely makes it easier to sort of think about. I guess if it was in a high-rise block of flats or an office, maybe I would feel a bit more sort of, it'd be a bit more daunting so to speak so um it was in a really nice area um where i used to live in surrey and i remember going in and you'd go through sort of she'd have the main house and there'd be like a little sort of small room to the side and then go in there and it was just two sofas opposite each other um a really nice sort of cozy room and it, yeah it just felt quite normal mm-hmm. um and you know, it's funny because you bring up these questions. It's like I didn't really think about this at all. <laughs> what? Yeah, I wondered. I guess because I'm, I just wanted to sort of talk. Mm-hmm. I wanted my opportunity to speak. Um, it felt like for so long, I just had like a zip in my mouth, and I hadn't been able to sort of get anything out mm. or explain what had gone on. And it was kind of like finally a chance for me to express or vent out what was what I was feeling. Um, so yeah, I mean, I was very fortunate. She was fantastic. She was she was lovely. Um, I was willing to do. Uh, at the end of the day, you have to be 
I guess you have to have a willingness, a willingness to do the work. Yeah. Um, and and don't get me wrong, she actually gave me some exercises to do, which, in all honesty, I didn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I I think I struggled to get them done. I was trying to train for a charity event. I was sorting out other stuff, and it wasn't a priority for me. I guess my I guess for me, what I enjoyed most out of it was going there and mm. being there for that hour session and being able to talk, feel better after talking, and then listen to anything that she wanted to say to me, um, and then going from there. And I guess I had Thailand in my head that that was a big, I guess it was an escape for me, really, but it was also a reset at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so that's what I was looking forward to. But yeah, no, I, I didn't think too much about about how she would be or even if it was a man or a woman um and i yeah and also i i do understand for a lot of people and i think i put something out beforehand i asked so many questions about how people have their sort of experiences with therapy and some people got back to me saying the first couple just weren't for me mm. and then the third time i was extremely fortunate some people didn't get along with their therapist whatsoever mm-hmm. some did so yeah i've uh, like i said to you at the very beginning i've had a very successful route mm-hmm. through therapy whereas i can imagine for a lot of people and I'm sure you've spoken to people before that it hasn't worked out quite like they yeah. imagined. Mm-hmm. But I think setting expectations can be dangerous in some in some circumstances. I didn't know what to expect, mm. therefore it didn't shock me or cause me any sort of distress about how it was going to go because I didn't know what to expect. Yeah, that's a good point actually about expectations around it. Um, and I think as well, you can have a ther- My first therapist was very good for the first kind of issues that we worked through but then by the end of it I kind of knew this this isn't really she's not we're not as we're not clicking as well as we had been whenever um other things kind of happened um and that's okay that you like you can you can change counselors you can look for somebody else that you connect with a bit better um and as well you can sit in silence in your counseling session like if you you know if you if if it's too much of a struggle to get the words out, you know, it might be might take a couple of sessions to get to the point where um yeah, you feel comfortable. Um I love talking about myself, so I was straight in. <laughs> Session number one, not a problem. <laughs> um shutting me up was, was the, the issue, getting me getting my, you know, what is it? Um what do they call that? The it's not the holistic R. You know the the fifty minutes, the therapeutic hour. I, mean, I, I know what you. Yeah, I think I know what you're trying to say. Um, and so she would be, you know, you know, whenever she was wrapping up, because she'd be like moving to the edge of her seat, be like, okay, right, I'll stop, <laughs> I'll stop talking now. It's it's time to go. Uh, but my yeah. my, uh, yeah, the the therapist I've been seeing for the, on and off for kind of two years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, she just she uses different methodologies, and she's very much about, um, yeah like connecting your body and your brains where do you feel that anxiety um what you know what whereabouts in your body what does it feel like connecting it all rather than it just kind of being all all in your brain and um, so that 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 suits me very well um and was there so and for the six sessions i know you've confessed to not doing your homework <laughs> Um, but were there other kind of tools or strategies that she gave you that have been helpful I think there was so the, I remember the first one that we talked about which was just I think it I believe I think it was seven minutes I think it was seven minutes to write down whatever came to mind um, and 
whatever comes to mind, just write it down. And I believe I did it a couple of times. Um, and then again, I just fell out of consistency with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and whether that was just my ego thinking to myself, oh, no, I'm absolutely fine. Like, I'm just going to these sessions and talking. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe that was the case. She didn't put too much pressure on me with anything else. Yeah. Maybe because she'd noticed that I wasn't particularly keen on doing that exercise or I hadn't done that, that she didn't want to force it too much. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't believe there was anything else at that time. Whether that would have been different if I'd attended more sessions and, like you said, over a period of time, if it was a couple of years, that you would work in, in different ways. Um, but I, I can't recall anything else that she recommended. Um, and I think I picked up on you saying the one thing that I noticed was you could tell when it was time to finish. Yeah. Um, because, and, and, and I think when you, when I started learning about counseling mm-hmm. skills and doing these workbooks at different levels at the moment, it discusses that sort of, that relationship, the, the sort of the relationship that you have with the client and how you have to make sure that you set those parameters yeah. and that, that session comes to an end and then that is the end of the session and like you I'm sure you're the same like you just want to keep going yeah and you're looking at the clock thinking oh god how has that gone so quickly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but no I I guess I thought to myself things were going well I had a good support network outside of therapy mm-hmm. to add to that as well as the consistency with the training and the charity events and just enjoy my life again I guess I mm. was I was free to do what I wanted I was dating quite a lot I was enjoying my exercise and and because I had that therapy as a as a stopgap, so to speak, each week and a sort of check-in with myself and a mm-hmm. check-in with what was going on, I, I guess that was kind of how I looked at it at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good opportunity, yeah, to know that right, I have a whole hour where I can brain dump all this stuff that is fizzing around in my head. Yeah. I can get it out and somebody can help me kind of... Mm-hmm pull those strands together untangle it yeah. untangle it a bit more um so how's your studying going with your kind of counseling skills and those kind of things yeah so it's good so i've so i've completed my they, they have a basic level two um that i've submitted all my work for and mm-hmm. i'm just waiting to hear back from that because of covid i think it's a bit delayed and mm-hmm. then i'm hoping in january to get onto the level three course at a college in bournemouth mm-hmm. uh, which would be fantastic to assist me whilst i'm obviously working in for the, for the other roles that I've got yeah. and then again once I've done level three it'll just be a case of, of doing the other qualifications and it's just a waiting game it's having that patience but for, but what I enjoy and what I definitely would advocate to a lot of people is is further education and learning because mm. I I guess I try to tick off every box in life of of all the social pressures that we have and getting a house being married having a dog and all that sort of stuff I didn't think about educating my mind and, and further mm. developing myself so reading and then at the moment, I'm doing a, an advocacy in the workplace course, mm-hmm. um, children and young people's mental health. I've just signed on today for a suicide prevention awareness course that I've got free. So all these courses are funded and they're doing a lot of stuff, especially in the UK. I don't know about Ireland, Northern Ireland, but they, mm-hmm. they are definitely trying to push more education out there at the moment for free accessible courses. Um, so, yeah, I'm trying to educate myself because I don't have all the answers. Mm. I need to be aware of that. My experiences. I'm not the same as someone else's experiences. I just have a certain way that I've learned and developed over time to help my mental health and my process, which I can hopefully show people mm. and showcase that it can be done. But yeah, it's I enjoy learning and trying to get on as many courses. And then it's just trying to balance that at the moment, um, which is the main thing. Yeah. Nice about balance. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
And would you have would you have any advice or around you know if somebody is maybe contemplating going to therapy but just maybe needs that final little kind of kick up the bum? Yeah, that is yeah, very good question. Um, I I guess my my experience was at the time it was it was seen as a last resort mm. because my experiences involved um potential suicide um i was in a very very dark place and so i had two options which was you either sit there on the or lie on the floor and do nothing about what's going on or you decide to get up and and work to the best of your ability to become the best version of yourself mm. and take those avenues to do it so i think for people listening to this um at the end of the day, you need to make sure that you're on top or you're keeping yourself in check and that you're doing what's right for you because you choose how you wish to feel. Um, at the end of the day, that's that's how it works. If if we if and what we need to understand is that if we're feeling slightly low, can we shift that mind, mindset? Mm. And what therapy does, it just opens our world up to so many avenues and so many different ways of processing and thinking about things. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be talking to you how I am now if it wasn't for my counsellor because they just made life a bit more simple but educated me in ways that I never thought I would learn. Um, And I just, again, for your audience or anyone that's listening, it was the best thing I've ever done. I wouldn't change anything that had happened to get me to this moment right now talking to you. Mm. And I think that definitely says something. I've, I've enjoyed the whole process. And... I think people deserve to feel good about themselves. People deserve to have a voice. And if therapy is an avenue for that at the moment, fantastic. Mm. And if it can get to a point where that stigma or that taboo is demolished and we can then bring that to the forefront that just open communication is the way forward for a lot of people, fantastic. It's great. So go and do it. Make the most. Be heard. You have a voice. Yeah. Yeah talk to someone mm, yeah brilliant loads of really good practical um yeah practical kind of help and advice you've given us there josh mm. um yeah i've loved talking to you i do i like your content on instagram um Thank you. you come yeah you come across very well and your passion comes across really clearly um so josh it's been yeah really brilliant to chat to you and our time's running out unfortunately um but final question always is and how did that make you feel I feel I feel refreshed if I'm honest. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, I feel it's refreshing to have a conversation. I think I've been talking to a phone. I've been on a laptop. I've been answering emails. So to have a bit of time just to talk about something that we share in mm. common and share as a value, mm-hmm. um, it is refreshing. Um, I spent most of my morning in the ocean, um, freezing cold this morning doing stuff for charity. So it's nice uh-huh. to be a bit warmer and have a conversation that's more refreshing than that lovely <laughs> i'm glad i wasn't as cold as what <laughs> yeah. sea would that be on if you're in waterford well the Celtic sea? whatever whatever cold sea you were getting into i'm glad it wasn't wasn't as chilly as that and um, when when does your um i'll share because i know you'd put some stuff up all right about your charity um swimming yes um so the episode won't go out until after january um so will people still be able to donate if i put the information at the end the end of the podcast or will it be um 
I can extend it. Um, I think if the only thing I'd say, uh, well, the only thing I'd say to people is just creating awareness. I think with Elephant in the Room itself, yeah, um, uh, and that's that's the main thing as well. It's, um, but I mean, I can extend it. But yeah, just check out obviously the content. Yeah, I'm glad that you enjoy it yourself, and I think a lot of people will benefit from it. I enjoy doing it myself. And yeah, it gets me fun try and help people. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, so that's the main thing. Well, all the best with the rest of your cold dips. Uh, it's very, <laughs> very it's very impressive um and yeah i'll i'll share it i'll share i'll share your stuff about the about your fundraising on my account today um and i'll put Brilliant. something at the end of the episode as well um and i'll share your handles and everything um awesome. on, in the episode um but yes thank you so much for doing that that was great i really enjoyed it no, it's not a problem. No, thank you for having me on. It's, it's brilliant to talk. I love it. I enjoy it. So thanks for getting in touch. Yeah, I find it so interesting. You know, I've interviewed so many different people and everybody's, there's so many similarities, but also everybody's experience is so different, but mm-hmm. common themes kind of coming, coming across. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's so interesting kind of getting to chat to a wide range of people about, yeah. about, about all of this. But yeah, thank you so much. Are you in Ireland no for Christmas or are you just on a holiday? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, um, yeah. So I'm going to be here until the 29th. Um, again, a decision that I made that ultimately makes me happy. Um, mm-hmm. So I decided to do it. So yeah, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's lovely. Um, so yeah, so 29th, and then I'll be back to Dorset, and then I'll be sort of cracking on with working for sort of two new roles in January, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, sort of sort of pushing the sort of page and and yeah. sort of taking it from there yeah brilliant well have a lovely christmas um enjoy yes, waterford but lovely to brilliant. meet you um and yeah, all, cheers, all the best and have a have a lovely you christmas you too enjoy see you later okie doke bye, bye. bye. so there we go some really practical um advice and tips from josh there um and he talked about how he accessed his counselling through his employer so definitely speak to your employer or your line manager see if that is something that that they offer um an employee assistance program you might be able to access some counselling um, and a couple of people have done that recently um, and it's been beneficial um especially if it's maybe you want to dip your toe in the water see if it's for you um before maybe thinking about um you know seeing a counselor long term definitely check it out as an option um but we're at the end of the pod now for my book and podcast recommendations um i haven't listened to loads of podcasts recently my christmas playlist tends to tends to take over in december and it's a really good christmas playlist so i try and squeeze out <laughs> as much as much time to listen to it as possible uh, but in Christmas here between Christmas and New Year I have been trying to catch up on my pods um, and so I have a couple of podcast episodes to recommend but within the same theme so if you listen to episode two way back when when I spoke to um, Deborah and we chatted very briefly about the Enneagram um, and the Enneagram it's kind of nine different personality types isn't the right phrase but for sake of ease that's what I'm going to use nine different personality types um and how people kind of fit within those personality types and my personality type or my enneagram number is an eight so I'm very comfortable with conflict um I tend to 
tell you exactly what I think for good or for bad. Um, and yeah, so I'm always really interested to see conflict or disagreement done really well because I think that's a really good skill to have and it's a skill that I'm always kind of trying to work on. And I, I say, like, I don't seek out conflict. Like, I'm not, I was going to say I'm not argumentative, but I really am. But I don't argue for the sake of arguing. I'll only argue with you if I'm if I firmly believe that I am right, which is mostly correct, by the way. Anyway, um, so I'm always really interested to see conflict done really well. And I've listened to a couple of episodes recently from some of my faves where they have interviewed a guest that they have publicly said in the past they didn't like, or the guest has very publicly said that they don't like the host. Uh, and it's fascinating to see how that plays out and how they get through that um, in the podcast episode. So two I'm going to recommend. Um, the most recent was um, Louis Theroux's podcast Grounded, uh, which if you haven't listened to, so good. Uh, but he interviews Ruby Wax. And Ruby Wax, I always thought was a comedian. But she... She, in my head the TV that she used to do was like comedy shows but they weren't they were um, interviews with celebrities that she described as documentaries so she was very open about like really disliking Louis through because she basically was like you took my career and I lost that career that I had because you came on the scene and that's that's what everybody was interested in and seeing how the first few moments, the first like maybe five to ten minutes of that podcast, oh, it's, it's bristly. And Louis Theroux just being so, such a great interviewer and very good with people, you know, navigates it very well. And by, and it keeps cropping up the whole way through the episode, like she is not letting it go. Um, That, yeah, the impact that Louis Theroux had in her career and how... You know, if she heard an advert for shows, or she saw somebody in a Louis Theroux t-shirt, she couldn't, in a restaurant, she couldn't eat, her, she couldn't finish her food, and these kind of things. Um, so it's very interesting for that, and also Ruby Wax is very interested, and she's a big um, mental health spokesperson. So hearing, um, hearing her kind of speak about her experiences are very, it's very good. But yeah, that that conflict, that like oh tension between them, and how they get through it. Um, and another one is my top pod fave, Adam Buxton. He interviews Robbie Williams. <laughs> and Adam, when he and Joe Cornish had had um, TV show and radio shows, I think had been quite verbal about how much they disliked that kind of pop genre and the kind of stuff that Robbie Williams and other people were doing. But Robbie Williams is a massive fan of Adam Buxton's podcast. I wanted to come on as a guest so that was that was really fascinating like uh, firstly because uh, Robbie Williams was kind of fanboying a bit about being on Adam's podcast and then Adam having to kind of address oh well you probably know that I said some quite unpleasant things about you and um, uh, Robbie Williams number one is a super interesting fella I've heard a couple of podcasts with him recently like mad into UFOs and um seems to be quite kind of aware of himself uh, uh yeah very interesting so Adam again just such a brilliant um 
interviewer was able to draw some really interesting stuff out of it but again that how in both of those situations the conflict and the disagreement was handled really well um yeah i just really love to hear things like that um and how and how they did it so those are my two pod recommendations um books if you listened to the festive book chat with willoughby which i have to say was definitely in my top 10 moments of 2020 that was a really indulgent episode for me um so thank you for <laughs> for allowing me to do that um but books are such a an integral kind of way that i look after my mental health and look after myself and really enjoy reading um i'm gonna absolutely brag now and tell you that i read over 100 books in 2020 which i'm delighted about but also i look forward in 2021 to having more of a social life and therefore not reading over 100 books but in the festive book chat marianne from willoughby talks about a book that i had been trying to get called a ghost in the throat um by um dorian negriffa darren my irish speaking friend i'm sorry if you're listening and i have really murdered her pronunciation and um, you can correct it for me but this um this book i finished it um before christmas and really poof, took my breath away beautifully beautifully written not at all what i expected which i always really love in a book um but it's basically the relationship the author has with this ancient irish poem that was written by um by a woman it was written by darren i'm really going to butcher this pronunciation evelyn do nocunnel and the poem is called the king to art o'leary um and the, dorian negriffa the author of the book she has been obsessed or interested in this poem from a young age and she kind of tracks how at different points in her life when she's going through different experiences how the poem has been weaving itself through that then she also starts to look at the place of women in ancient society in modern society and um, she's researching the poem and she can't and just trying to get her hands on as much information as possible and then she also reimagines um, events from the author's life so it's just like you don't know you just didn't know what the next chapter she was going to talk about or where it was going to go or how it was all going to be linked together um really really beautifully written and i thoroughly enjoyed it um so it's sold out in a lot of places but um i've just checked on foils they still have it if you're interested um and it's a beautiful looking book as well but i really enjoyed it i don't i've read more non-fiction this year definitely but it's not something that i would kind of actively seek out but this was this was really good top notch so highly highly recommend um i think that's all my book and pod waffle for this episode i have some really brilliant guests um lined up to come and chat to me over the next few episodes so thanks for your continued support um mind yourselves look after yourselves don't worry that it's a new year and trying to feel the pressure or you know hopefully you don't feel the pressure of trying to make big make yeah new year's resolutions or worry about um you know leaving behind 2020 and fresh new start in 2021 i've seen a lot of people on instagram talk about how 2021 we just need to take it one day at a time low expectations for the year low pressure on the year 
um and try to um yeah make make our way through it as positively as possible so until i speak to you again look after yourselves and i will have a new episode coming out in the next couple of weeks thanks bye